0: Hello and how are you so you sports lovers out there. My name is Robbie Gillette and welcome to conversation number 21 of the Keeping It Real with Robbie podcast where we chat all things from the mental side of sport to stories, laughs and banter. Whether into the old pigskin or the old leather ball, we've got you. Today I'm joined by Knights fast bowler Michael Pretorius as we chat about his journey from Ferenich into the Pro Tears and the rollercoaster that came with the selection and being released due to injury, as well as taking a look at some of the leadership and performance spaces he finds himself in. And should you find yourself enjoying the podcast, it'd be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to and rated it on all platforms. I hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you guys think. So we're going Uh, three in a row. Let's go. And today I'm joined by Brynagin's favorite child, um, Dean Elga's biggest nightmare and the nice fast bowler, michael Petorius. michael thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. But before we, we get into the Dean Elga story, uh, which I know wasn't in the contents, but I thought I'd just throw it in there maybe put you, put you on the spot a bit. Uh, how are you doing? How's the body? I know you just came from a team meeting. How's everything that side? Yeah, that's no, it's
1: good. Um, getting into it. It's tough. I haven't bowled in a, in a while. Um, you know, you're putting me, you're putting me on there. I'm, I'm wondering what Dean Alger's story is
0: going out here now. <laughs> um, so, I actually listened to, I think it would have been a live that you did, baby. Um, And you mentioned the story of you bowling to Dean Alger as a youngster in the Nets. And uh, there was a bit of a, a story behind it. So, do you, do you mind telling that story or is that uh, is that off sides? No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't
1: too much of a story. I was uh, always a young, play, still place for, for Christine at the, at the academy. Um, I actually think, think they player against Australia or not sure, I can't remember. Just bowled him threw them in the net, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pitch on and he's off. Um, uh, just, <laughs> just kept on going short, short, short. So he, wasn't, he wasn't happy about that, but oh well, so
0: part of it. <laughs> and now it's Wood under, under the bridge, having spent some time with him in the, in the protest camp?
1: Yeah, no, nah, but I think they, they played
0: so many guys, I don't really think they remember too much. Yeah, but, uh, I mean it's, uh, it's it's all good. He's a, he's a very nice guy. So, so. <laughs> well it's a feather in the cap nonetheless. Um uh, but yeah, like I'd love just to explore your story. Uh, I think it's a, it's an interesting one, certainly having done a bit more research on it. Um, you know, where does the Michael Petorius I am saying that correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. Where does the Michael Petorius uh, story begin in terms of cricket? Uh, And yeah, I suppose, what was it like growing up in Uh, Verenigden? must have been pretty special up there. Lots of space.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it started there. um, It was very nice when my dad sat over there. So from from a young age, we we played a lot in the back garden. I think most cricketers do. And then eventually just got a net at the house used to play there and train there a lot. Um, was lucky enough to, to, to train um, at the Val campus, they had an indoor facility there where my brother and I know, used to just go and play and train there. Um, and then from there, made my way to, to primary school, made my way to Pretoria, played at the Central Park, And then, um, you know, Val took and made my way through the range like that. But I enjoyed it. Uh, as I think most, most of my training and stuff started um, in the Val campus, in there did a lot of did a lot of bowling and batting and just playing around there with my brother.
0: Yeah, was it, was it like most brothers playing outside a lot? A lot of garden crickets, a lot of uh, competition. Yeah,
1: it, oh, it was. He was a yeah. uh, was a bit more difficult. It <laughs> was. Uh, he used to bat for hours, and then when it was my turn and used to lose interest so oh, it was I always know. fun. We used to play <laughs> <laughs> used to play a lot, so enjoy that and uh, we had my stepbrother, you know, we were we used to all, us three used to play a lot every every holiday, every week and then we had a, a time to play, we used to play in the garden.
0: Oh, that's exactly exactly it. And uh, I, again, in doing research, you know, I kind of realized and saw that you actually hadn't played a. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a provincial side in your junior kind of career. Uh, why is that? And uh, you know, I suppose does it make it the feeling now that you are where you are now even more surreal, uh, having kind of had the journey you've had.
1: Yeah, um, in in high school, never played any. Um, I played provincial B side. Um a few games in grade seven. Um on the year but, but never never in high school never played. I don't know why. Um did a field trials I didn't even go to but I had something that I don't really put my head around too much. Um that's how the that's how the wheel turned for me. Uh, I, I think it gave you a bit of a, a different go and advice to to just train a bit harder and, and try and make it another way. I never really let that get them in front of me so it was it was nice to it wasn't nice not to play at that time but you no know, growing older and actually realizing where you can end up it, it doesn't really matter where you where you are at school and stuff
0: yeah absolutely i think it's quite it's quite important for young guys to realize that as well you know especially when you're not even representing your your province at, at high school it kind of gets written off uh and, and i think it's it's tough to get into a setup break into a setup if you haven't um being in it throughout the ranks, uh, which actually, yeah, just leads me perfectly into my next kind of question: is how 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 did you break into it? How did you kind of get noticed? What maybe was there an uh, maybe an example of where it kind of turned for you? Because it's fascinating, you know, you don't often see guys break into a professional setup having not played provincial uh, junior junior cricket. Yeah, I've I've, I've had
1: a bit of an interesting journey. There's a few guys that are. That that helped me probably to get where I am today. You know, I've gone. I don't always remember. Just just now, like I, can't, I, I think the big guys in my career was Johan Miller. Um, he, he from school actually gave me a bit of a ju- opportunity to play for the first team, um, and he he saw he saw talent in me and and kept on going. Was a was a massive mentor for me as well. And then Mark Charlton, Chris Garosa um, you know all those guys, uh, the six coaches. All of them had a, all of them had the inputs. Um, I know Chris and Charlie. I used to train with them a lot, and, and they, they almost, they almost trained me months, trying to train my mindset to to be to train as a professional. And and eventually got the opportunity to play against Northwest um, for Charlie. And I think from there it actually just kick started a bit. Um, got the opportunity to train with them a bit more, and and then it just. Just that next season. I got opportunity to play, and it just never stopped.
0: Mm. How do you how do you reflect on your career thus far? You know, um, having had the journey you've been on, uh, what's kind of the biggest takeaway you will or you have taken from your your, your career uh, so far?
1: Well, one thing I've I've, you know, I've I've always had to train a bit harder, um, which was nice. But I've I've, I've realized earlier on that you for me, that you always have to have a plan to work to. Um, it's, it's, it's nice to have goals and aspirations and stuff, but you almost have to put that aside and and plan accordingly, mm-hmm. step by step. I mean, you can't you can't have a dream and you can't work towards a dream. The dream almost comes from yourself. You have to you have to be patient enough to, to follow a weekly training schedule and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, when you when you get opportunity, you have to you have also have to realize that you're gonna have to give up a lot of things. I think a lot of cricketers want a dream, but they're not They're not really prepared to give up uh, the life they also want, the social life they want yeah. um, with that. So in in that, you have, to, you have to realize that you're going to have to give up a few things to, to become a professional cricketer.
0: Yeah. Where, you know, from this journey uh, and, you know, having to learn quite quickly what, maybe what have been some of the biggest sacrifices you've had to make, you know, in terms of social life uh, and how conscious were you of the sacrifice that you had to make?
1: Yeah, well, at first, especially trying to juggle it, um, both of it.
0: Yeah. But
1: when I mean, socializing with friends, going out late night, holidays, so many holidays that I had to give up. And um, a lot of my friends, they, they almost know that, I and mean, as they have trips to Airbnb for hunting trips, anything you have to, they almost know that you can't make it. I mean, things change so quickly. But that's probably and with family trips, all those things, girlfriends, I mean, you're giving up so much. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a very very small sacrifice. Sacrifice if you have a dream to to play as a professional cricketer. So at the time it's tough, but once you once you. Start going and getting where you want to be. I mean, it, you, you almost kind of forget that. You always know the things you have to give up, but it's, it's not a problem if you if you have another goal on mind. So, it's, as I say, it's not everyone can be a professional cricketer and, and I mean, um, it's just it's, it's going to be easy once you have to give up fifty things, um, but it's it's worth it.
0: Hmm. I had Dylan Leitz on a, like a few podcasts ago, and he said that the way he he looked at it was it's not a it's not a sacrifice; it's a small investment. Um, and, and I wonder, do you you know? So you obviously, didn't play um, junior ranks provincially. Um, was it a dream to play professionally? And then when did you realize, kind of, okay, I can give this a good go? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to play cricket. I
1: think it. it, yeah. it and any young cricketer that play school and stuff you you almost have that dream to play you don't you don't necessarily realize where you can be at um but i i wanted to go and study that was to me was a big thing to go and study but
0: and and what was 11. what was the, what was on the agenda to study i wanted to study electrical engineering um yeah
1: okay
0: was like
1: to well a smart guy as well no, man. but, uh, so, yeah, and I think, I think Johan Miller changed my mind completely in trying to make it as a professional kicker. It wasn't, it wasn't set up. My sporting, my, my high school career and stuff wasn't set up to, to become a professional kicker. He, he almost planted that seed, um, in grade 11, mature, but, and then in a matric, he just, you no, know, he just almost just kept on saying this and just try, let's go and have a go. Let's just try and make it. And I think it, it wasn't actually for him. Obviously, my father and then, they also supported that. And for yeah. him, it's also a great thing. But Johan Miller, he almost gave me a bit of hope to say that, yeah, oh, you, you actually can do it. So, that's, that's actually where it started. In a trick, my mind changed a bit.
0: Ah, brilliant. So, let's do a quick game of who is and why. Every time I do a podcast, these get shorter, but it's, it's probably the the best part of it. Uh, who Who is the kit Oh, no, sorry. What am I saying? Who is the nightmare in the nets?
1: Well, aside from Michael
0: team, nah, <laughs>
1: what 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 team are you reflecting to now? Because um, if it, it it's fighters, it's Anna, definitely. But I'm uh, thinking uh, if it's at night, a nightmare is, is Gerald. He keeps on going, coming quick and quick and short.
0: Oh uh, yes, he's flipping. He's he's a youngster as well as my age. Yeah, he's like 21. He's quite a young guy. 21, yeah. Yes, see No, yeah. Nah, yeah I, <laughs> I can respect that. Uh who is the messiest? Oh.
1: Probably Budaza.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who who's quality on a night out?
1: Oh, Faji. Oh really? Great, great,
0: great guy, yeah. I saw I saw your Instagram story yesterday. Are you guys are you guys playing tomorrow?
1: Yeah, we're playing a uh, semi finals against the Lions. Let's go. Let's just uh, let's just hope the rain stays away. Yes. So,
0: yeah. yeah, it's been a bit of a, a characteristic of that that tournament, uh, just the rain. Shame. Um, who's the best player you've ever played against?
1: Played against. Oh, that's a tough one. Is that Loki or wherever?
0: Wherever anyone, just the best ever. You like when you when you faced him or you came up against him, you were like, like, How's this guy this good?
1: Yeah, I think it was Owen Morgan. Um, yeah, you know, with Derby, yes, we that guy came back, but it wasn't just a serious
0: player. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um so a kind of segment I'm trying to add a little bit more, just because yeah, it, uh, it's, you know, it's an area where I'm trying to learn a lot more and develop as performance and leadership. So I think you you're kind of the first guy that I'm I'm trying with this. So um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, in terms of of some of the non negotiables in your game as a professional cricketer, what what are those? You know, like as a pro cricketer on and off the field, what are some of the, the non negotiables that Michel Torres has to implement?
1: Look, one thing that, that to me is, I mean, I, I enjoy my social life. I enjoy a glass of wine. I mean, it's, it's important, I think, to also have something where you can, you can go, uh, you can get your mind off cricket. Mm. Um, but one thing is that you can never, never do something, never plan something, and and know that you're consciously going to miss training and stuff. So that's what, to me, is that's one thing is our no matter what I do the night before, no matter where I am, you never, never make an excuse in this training. Um, yeah. That is to me the only non-negotiable. You, you have to be at training.
0: Okay. Uh, and then, how do how do you feel when you're at your best? Like you know, when you're in flow, you're just feeling completely on top of your game. Uh, and you're, how can you maybe provide examples or an example where you thought like, okay, I'm seriously in a good zone. here? in terms of maybe a performance or a game where, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, this, this, this season, Red Bull season was, was probably one of them. Um, it just had such a good rhythm. If, I mean, I normally know, I don't buy a lot of novels, but I normally know when, when I land quite consistently um, and hitting a good area, I know my rhythm is very good. Um, sometimes you do fight conditions a bit, but to me, a big thing is, is knowing if I'm consistent with line and length. I know that's my rhythm, and, and and everything is just just in one motion. Um, but yeah, I've I've had a few, a few mask games this season. I think the for me. Stats-wise, probably not. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think that was my best. My best bowling didn't feel that game. I think it was the the one that I felt the best was the first the first um, game we played against the Warriors. I mean, I didn't take a lot of weeks, but I just had such a good just rhythm. Feel. Yeah, it's just cool. it just felt like I could go the whole day.
0: Yeah. How do you replicate that?
1: It's um, it's definitely muscle memory. I think uh, I, mean, I enjoy bowling a lot in the neck. I think it's not everyone do, but like beasties and stuff. I mean, I try and try and get a lot of overlays on my back. Um, I just feel it's it's it's, a, it's just something it it becomes a habit. Um, a lot of guys, I mean, they're accurate, but they do as soon as they get a bit tired, they they do stray from from the accuracy and. For me, that's important to to bowl a lot, and your body needs to know how it feels to to bowl under a strain, bit of fatigue. And so that that that's my trick. Doesn't always work, but it, it works for me.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. How do you? So you obviously you've played in the T ten, uh, and you've you've been in high prep pressure environments. You know, with the proteins obviously uh, there's a lot more pressure and kind of attention that gets drawn to it. How do you how do you think you react under pressure? Like what's your go to when you put you, you ball, three balls, three of them have gone for six? What what do you revert to when you're under pressure?
1: Um, you no, know, I've
0: luckily haven't been in that situation. But uh, <laughs> it's, just, no, it's just me. Um, okay. <laughs> six six sixty nine. No, okay. no, no, we, uh,
1: <laughs> I win. I've had a I've had a I've had a situation similar to that when we played uh, the finals against the Warriors and John John was oh, it was just absolutely hitting everything out of the ground. And I remember the first the first ball, I think they we needed like thirty my first ball I tried to buy York and it went for six. Um, and I had so many things on my mind when running in, but yeah. then I I've almost one thing I fall back on is as I walking back trying to have a plan as yeah. you walk back and as soon as you turn around there's, there's nothing else in Um even if it's the right or the wrong one. Um it's at least it's one thing and not a million other things cause it it easily happens when you're getting when you're getting hit like that. I mean you're, you're thinking of so many things. So yeah. I mean I will just try and think of one thing. I've got one ball that I try and go to whenever things get tough. And if that doesn't work, yeah I don't know. <laughs> you know. I'll try and figure something out. But yeah, I just have one, one plan, one thing in head as you turn around. can't be thinking you want to change something as you're running in with that's only when it just goes haywire.
0: How would you say that your, your kind of skills are uh, in terms of like thinking on your feet of a plan? Uh, I suppose, you know, that comes with experience. But now, as of now, uh, how, how do you think your, your skills are, are in terms of thinking of that plan and, and executing?
1: I've been I've been very lucky to be surrounded by very experienced players and, and chatting to them a lot, especially guys like Fudgey and Sean that played in pressure situations. Um mm. so I normally try and try and speak talk to them and, and, and hear what their mindset was in a pressure situation, how they really acted, reacted, what they try to do. So then I'll try and incorporate the plans that I have around that. Um but uh, skills wise, I mean you have to I mean, I'm not, I don't normally try to do too many things, try and back myself and pull, pull, um fall that I can train and practice a lot. Um, but I mean, to me, it, it, it helps knowing the guys around me to so when things get tough, you know, I can always fall back on them. But sometimes you do have to fall back on someone. Um, yeah. But you know, you have to back that process and stuff. and and, and it, as I say, I've been very lucky to be
0: surrounded by a player like that and, and all the teams I've played with. Yeah. And then, you know, from what I've seen and read, you seem to have been a guy who who is always looking to get that extra edge, whether it be in the gym or, or on the field. Where does that mindset come from? I know you said you have brothers, uh, so that's probably maybe a, b- a big factor. But, John, where do you think that that mindset has come from? Ha- has Have you always had it or have you had to to maybe learn it?
1: No, I've I've always had it. Um, I'm very competitive, um, but it's just something I I, I think it started from a young age as well. Even playing in the backyard, I mean, you're always trying to win.
0: You Uh, don't want to lose. You don't want to (laughs) lose. No, never.
1: Even if it's something small, I mean, uh, but I I, I think it's it's probably something you're born with. Um, It's something you can spark, maybe if it wasn't there from a young age, but... The type of sport I've always played was always a competitive sport. Um, it was never, it was never a one, one man thing. Um, which I think helped as well because there's a lot of other guys in the team that, that feels the same. So it it kind of drives your ambitions to win. So that's, I think, yeah, that's, that's basically it.
0: I think let, let, let's move on to the pro tiers, because obviously it would have been a dream of yours. It's been a dream of mine. And yeah, uh, I, you know, I haven't uh, reached those heights, obviously. Uh, that's, why, uh, that's why we're here. Um, but yeah, you know, first of all, obviously, congrats on the call-up. It must have been incredible. What was the experience like getting the news for you and your family and everyone who supported you? must have been insane. Yeah,
1: yeah thank you. Yeah, um, it was unbelievable. It was very, very, um, like it happened very suddenly. Wasn't expecting it at all, but it was unbelievable. I think, I think my brother and my dad was probably almost looked like they were happier than me. Um, <laughs> just having all the support and 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 for all the years. I mean, they were they were the one watching all the games and stuff. But it was unbelievable. It was a bit shorter than I would have hoped, um, but unfortunately in injuries. You can't really do much about that. But it was very nice. I enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, learned a lot. I mean, you can only learn the, Sure. Um, which is a nice thing. It's always nice to talk to all the guys, the senior guys, Dean and Quinny, and, and then Fox. I mean, they've, they've they've been in so many situations, and it's nice to also know that how they reacted to to getting their first call-ups and getting their first games and stuff. So, hopefully, it might happen soon. Um, but, you know, just, just knowing that you you could have been in that situation, you could have, you, you were around, it's just, just very nice knowing it's, it's already a dream come true, and it's already, yeah. I think, a lot of kids that dream just to
0: be around us in that state. So it's like it's a fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it must be incredible, and especially having had the journey you've had uh, with maybe injury and not being uh, selected for provincial sides. Was there mo- uh, maybe a moment where you got selected and the dust had settled, and you thought, like, just thought to yourself, like, you know what? Screw those guys who didn't select me in high school or, or, or provincially as at junior setups, or was it all very, like you know? I suppose what was there a to, "I told you so" moment?
1: Um, when I was younger, I, I, I used to like you know, think back to about moments like that. But I mean, as I got a bit older, I mean you learn to put those things past yeah. and I mean up behind you and and you know leave the past almost where it was. Uh, it's it's a negative mindset almost if you want to try and think about that because then I feel like you end up playing to you show someone else wrong and and okay. it's, it's then when you're almost losing the you're losing the the real um reason why you're playing and stuff but for for the last the past three four years not um but you always get you know somewhere inside but you do get a good sensation where you know that uh-huh. are, some people don't back you but it's it's not it's not based on someone specific it's yeah, a, okay. a little bit
0: of an achievement yeah and then you know going into that that environment must be insane uh, what what mindset did, did you go in with uh, and you know like yeah how how clear were the coaches on your role uh, were they they tell you like look you may get a game were you, were you not going to get a game yeah it's, it's,
1: it's always difficult I mean you, you're waiting until you you see a see the pitch and the conditions and stuff. So there was always that in my mindset there was always that, opposite, that, that chance that I might be playing and, and they trying to try and be, you know, open and, and honest with you. It's very difficult to to commit and saying you, you're gonna play and you can't yeah. play. Um but for me the big thing was was learning and, and see what that environment is all about and, and the dog do get that opportunity. It's not it's not gonna be a a new thing to me. So I mean I try and change and focus my practices around that even when I'm back at night. Um, I, I know now how it is there and it makes it a bit easier to train to be ready for, for that step up.
0: So having been with the Pro now and back with the Knights, uh, obviously back with the franchise which is awesome uh, and not injured anymore, what, what would you say maybe the main differences are between the national setup and then the Knights?
1: Um, I, I don't think there's a massive change. I mean, Alan Donald being our coach, I mean he's he's been around and he and he, he sets up all our training and practices very professionally. I mean it's it, it you do feel when you're training it I mean for me personally it, it really feels like I'm training at international standards. Um I think which helps a lot. Um that's the mindset that he also he also um follows yeah. I think that made it a lot easier for me to go up. I mean there's a few certain other small things that, that you probably change when going after that, But training-wise and stuff, is, is, but for me, I think training, especially at night, it was, it was kind of the same. Uh, same intensity, same vibe. There's the same aggression going to the net. So I think that helped a lot.
0: Okay. And then the bio bubble must have been something very strange. How, how, how do you, I don't say reflect, but I mean, how, do you, how was, yeah, what was the experience in that bio bubble?
1: Well, so the first, I think the first three days was, was very boring. Um, <laughs> chipping in my room, butting my room, you just go out to eat. That was, that was very frustrating. Actually, it wasn't nice at all. But after that, I mean, we were allowed to walk around and chat with the other guys. I mean, I, I probably was fishing more than training there, but so that that helped a lot. It was nice sitting there. And I mean, after that, too, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, could at least we got into the game and started so in it. And
0: was fine. Yeah, have you had COVID yet? No, I haven't
1: yet. i um, <laughs> done keep... a few tests, luckily.
0: Oh, how how, yeah, how have the tests been? <laughs> I haven't had, I haven't even had a test. I haven't, well, I don't think I've had it, but fingers crossed yeah. I don't get it. Uh, how was yeah, it? No, no, let's
1: hope so. No, well, you oh, the franchise you get in, in the nose. It's terrible. It's not a great feeling. It's sore. Um, but uh, at the process, we got it in the throat swabbing the throat which was a lot a lot better Um, but it's it's not it's not great at all Um, it's not it's probably not it's not really sore but it's very uncomfortable one or two is very sore but I mean hopefully you shouldn't have to go for one or you don't have to go for one it's
0: not great Um, so you get the call up then you get released due to injury to maybe or vastly uh, different emotions Um, how tough was it being released it looked like reflecting now.
1: Yeah, it was uh, to yourself. It's not great. You almost almost looking for looking for answers and where it, where it went wrong. And what could you have done differently? Um, it's I mean you, you you almost feel like you you're missing out and you're all missing out. I mean, experience and and what's happening. So not great. Very, very emotional. I mean, it was, it was a bit of a hard ball to swallow for me, but for me, I try and keep my head up and, and, and know that okay, I've been there, so I understand the situation, I understand what is needed of me to you know, to perform and get there again. Um, so in, in that, in saying that, I mean, it's, it's never nice to, to not play and stuff, but mm-hmm. you also have to put that beside you, put it behind you and then you know, just work, work on and getting back.
0: Yeah, and then in terms of like, you get released, and then it was it straight out the buyer bubble, basically into to normal uh, life again.
1: Yeah, back into normal life. <laughs> it's, um, as you go, as, as you leave those doors, it's it's, it's out of there. So um, I went on to my normal thing. Was fortunate enough to spend the time with the family over New Year's, and then straight into rehab and started my rehab. I mean, that's, the rehab went so well. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm ready in a, in a, a quicker time than they than, than, like, thought so I mean, it it makes it easier if a guy is helping you those things you almost forget about what happened and it's yeah. easier to focus on on the path going forward
0: yeah awesome where do you see yourself in the next 4, 8, 12 years where what's the in an ideal world what's the dream IPL contracts or what
1: <laughs> yeah it's I will say it's, uh, it, it will be nice to, to play there, um, but I'll try not to look too far ahead. Um, I think for, the, for me, for this year, it's trying to get into the, the process set up uh, again, and actually actually try and get a game here and there, and, and trying to manage myself as much as I can. Um, okay. so the opportunity, opportunity is there, and I feel there is a, there is a, a gap for me to, to do that. I um, uh, just have to be ready, stay ready, and, and then perform. Um, it will be nice. As I say, I mean, I'm not looking further, further than the next probably six months. So hopefully in the next two tours coming up, I'll, uh, I'll join the squad again and then, then I'll be able to tell you where <laughs> the next <laughs> six months will go
0: to. No, brilliant, brilliant, Michael. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome to catch or awesome. to meet you uh, in, on Zoom in these uh, weird times. But yeah, it's been it's been awesome to hear your story. It's quite a it's quite a unique one. And I think a lot of guys will take a lot of inspiration from it. So thanks for sharing. Oh yeah,
1: thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and I uh, we will chat soon again.